Yes. Oh, you know it must be summer if George is outside on the call. <laughs> somewhere in Wales. Hello. Oh dear, what, what's that for? Is that for the garden or George's head? <laughs> or oh, that was somewhere else a minute ago. For <laughs> <laughs> weeding. I'm just going to turn the light on. Hang on. Nice to see you guys. Hello, Julie. Hello, George. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Damien. Hello, Michael. Hello, Tim. Hello, Dawn. Hello, Amy. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Dorota. Well, uh, we'll give people a few seconds, shall we? We'll just warm and do a few stretches. <laughs> was it Tony Robbins does it? Come on. Come on. Let's get the energy going. Come on. Don't just let them look at me. I'm going to sit and do it until everyone's copying. <laughs> Julie's just ignoring me. Yes, Julie's ignoring. Julie's just finishing off something from her last meeting. Come on, Julie. I'm going to do this until you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We don't give up easy on people here, Julie. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, why not? Well, you guys are on time, so why don't we have to wait on everyone else? How are we all? Are you all good? Yes, jubileed out. Jubileed out, yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic, wasn't it? It got to Friday night and I thought it was Sunday. I was like, all right, what are we doing tomorrow? So, well, fantastic to see some faces. Um, is anyone here want to kick on straight away? You've got something you want to ask? Say hello. Damien, did I, did I notice, Damien, you're... you're Brand new from last week, I see. Hi, mate. Yeah, brand new. This is my first mastermind. So, yeah, looking forward to it. I haven't got my coach yet, but I sent all my stuff away yesterday in time for today. So, just waiting now, mate. Give us, an, give us a little intro. Announce yourself. So, I'm Damien. Uh, I'm from Manchester. I've got one buy to let from years ago, like 10 years ago. Pulling some money off that, out of that now to invest. I've got a buy-to-let that should be signed off next week. And um, the rest of the strategy I'm going to discuss with my coach, mate, but I'm looking, uh, looking to make moves. Good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Might be you, mate. No? <laughs> <laughs> Julie, I have a, are, you, are, you, are you new as well? Into the, into I the am crowd? new. I think this is just my third mastermind. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to be... Part of the tribe, um, uh, I came in through Ketan and Sheila, and um, uh, and I attended the one day that Mark ran, whenever that was, in the end of April. Yeah. So um, I'm still trying to get through questionnaires and lifelines because I'm just insanely busy, which is why I'm, you know, I was just doing that because the other hand's finishing notes from the last meeting I've just had. But I'm going to get it to Caroline, um, I think, in the next two days. And so I'm looking forward to getting my group coach. And I'm coming along to July 1st and 2nd. Fantastic. 2nd and 3rd, yeah. So very happy to be here and ready to learn as much as I possibly can. Have you finished making your notes, by the way, from your previous meeting? Or um, are you going to be um, multitasking? Yes, I have. I, I have now finished, indeed. Yep. Everyone give a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And welcome both, welcome both. Thank you. So, who wants to start us off with the mastermind question this evening? Charlotte, hit, hit us, let's go. So I have uh, two questions. I have just received my architect, uh, the technical drawings. So, what, so are you uh, technical drawings? Yes. Oh, what's that uh, for? Nature uh, mode. Uh, six bed, six on suites, and, and on that he has put the, the extractor fans in the middle of the on suite. And I heard somebody say on a different mastermind they should be above the shower. What are your opinions on where to put the extractor fan in on suites? Good question. So who out there likes a bit of design? Um, extractor fans in on suites. Has anyone here got a got anything to add there that could be useful? James, George. Yeah. Okay, I'm happy to George to take the floor if he wants to. Go for it, James. Uh, well, all I would say, George, is that basically it can be it can be anywhere in the on suite, providing if the ceiling's dropped, but then it does duct to the outside of the building. So that's the most important part of that design, I'd say. 
don't know if you've got like any other opinion on that george no they can be anywhere um, um and they're they usually position somewhere where it's useful for the uh the the ducts to go and you just have to see the adjoining on suites where they have the where they have them as as little bends around as 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 little as possible is the best because they usually this flimsy paper plastic thing so if you put lots of bends in them they will fail at some point and all the uh you know all your steam is going to go in between your um, your your floors rather than where you should go which is outside so i would say middle of the middle of the bathroom is fine i mean the the, the steam will circulate uh, so and it will be sucked up there. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. If they're in the middle, they should be in the middle with a certain purpose. Your builder might choose to put them in a different place. But I think ours, I'm not entirely sure, but I think ours is wherever is comfortable for the builder. They're never above the showers, as far as I can understand, unless that's a comfortable place. I don't know. I think you should probably ask your builder. Um, um, and mm. I think you should probably ask the builder the best person to ask what he thinks about that. Well, mine, mine was really happy to put them anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. It's a closed room usually. It's a closed room and that thing has to take the air out from the room, not from necessarily up above the shower. You know, like in a pharmacy or a Mercedes-Benz factory. It's just a bathroom. Thank you, George. Fantastic. James, have you got anything to add there? No, I think that's spot on. Yeah, as long as, it, as, long as there's space, as long as it goes from the bathroom to the actual outside, and then if he can ask that question and a builder can confirm, yes, that the air does circulate to the outside, then if he answers yes to that, then that's problem solved. Fantastic. So, Charlotte, I've got a question to you. The architect who put the drawings together, mm -hmm. did yes. they, I'm guessing they've done a survey of the property. Uh... I have had a building survey done. Or they, so have they have they surveyed the property, like measured it all up themselves, yeah, and yeah. have they inspected like floor joists and stuff to see which way they travel and things? Um, no, I'm not sure if they look. Okay. At the floor joists. If you if you were to ask if you were to ask the architects the question, can you tell me why you put the um, extractor fan there? They might just give you the the reason for why they put it there. And then you can mm -hmm. confirm it with your builder. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyone else got anything to add on this question? Great question. To... Yes. Costin. I had the second one. Or... Oh, you've got a second question. Oh. So, but does Costin, have you got anything to add on that question? From my personal experience, the best is on top of the shower. Okay. If you don't get it on top of the shower, you can get the. the the ceiling can get moldy. Okay, great point. Great point. Tim's yeah. waving at us too. We're all, we're all coming into the fold. Great stuff. Yeah, I've got another question after this one related to this one, but my comment on this is I'd put the shower as well to reduce the most amount of moisture. So obviously that's what you're trying to do is get rid of the most moisture. Um, and also needs to be the shortest run possible because otherwise the fan won't be doing a such a good job. So, you know, if you've got a really long run, then it won't be able to suck as efficiently. So the shortest run possible with the least friction. Okay. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Useful. Um, Charlotte, has that been useful? Yes. Can we have a round of applause to everyone who's contributed there, please? I'm going to wait until Dan Clark starts clapping. Come on. Thank you very much. It's quite easy to see people who don't do anything. Come on. Let's, let's keep the energy up. Uh, Charlotte, your second question. Let's go. Yes. It's about uh, the, the steels that need to go in. It, it, it sounds like in my previous HMO, we didn't have architect drawings, but we had the... Uh, uh, but we we had we had before the builder quoted we had the structural engineer counting on uh, steels and stuff, but now that could take very long time. Can I have the builders quote before that, or would they want to know? And how would you do it? Because it would be a very long timeline if I 
have to now go to the structural engineer to get calculations on the steels and then get the builders to quote. Okay, so your, so your question is, you want to get a builder's quote, but you don't want to have to wait until you get your structural engineer design before you get that quote. Is that, what, is that your question? Uh, I, I don't know how people do it. <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's yeah. put it out. Let's put it out there. This is what we're here for. Uh, good question. Has anyone been in this situation before, or you may have a suggestion that you might put forward? Anyone, George? Yeah. Uh, well, there's two types of quotes we get with our builder. So uh, we generally need the quote for the for the financial company to give you the money, mm. and that quote is a more general one. Yeah. So in that quote, we have a lot of provisional sums. Provisional sums, what it means, it means that there's something that will appear, is very probable to appear, and we have a very approximate cost for it. But it cannot be quoted for, because when you put steels into a property, you can put them in two or three different ways. You can either put them on the walls, on the existing walls. You can put two, you can put three. You need the calculations from the structure engineer. You can put them on some specially made, made pillars, and those pillars are going to cost some money. You can just mm -hmm. drill a hole into the wall and just put them into the wall on the first layer of bricks. You don't know what you have until you have your calculations. Mm -hmm. So on the first quote, our builder says, well, he's using, it's, it's going to cost you about that much. And we give that to the financial company. Mm -hmm. Once we go into the property and we start breaking down the walls, he starts redoing the quote nearly on a weekly basis and he sends out updates and saying, guys, we found this. So this provisional sum, so 2,000 pounds from provisional sums are going to go towards digging your trenches for your own suites downstairs and so on and so forth. So the quote is always a process of just going through it, through it like that. Now, I trust my builder. He's like my brother. So I, I don't really need to check on him with those kind of things. But you will have to understand that I, I would rather have a quote with the maximum thing. So with, with steels, I would say, well, if we need two, let's just calculate for three and then put some pillars too. Mm -hmm. And give me a quote for that. If we don't need the pillars, this, can you please tell me how much are the pillars so we can take them out of the quote? and so on and so forth. So there will be some aspects of your job they will not be able to quote for because until you strip your property bare, you don't know what's happening. So for the last one, we had a quote of 207,000 pounds and we have provisional sums from that. The provisional sums are about 25. So you can make an idea about 10%. So they have a 10%, but that's not contingency. Those are things they think they're gonna happen, but they cannot give us a quote for it yet because they haven't seen the properties stripped. So uh, that's how you should work with your builder. You should allow for five, 10,000 pounds plus. I don't know, you said it's a six bedroom property. You're looking at 120 grand. Just look at 130 maybe with provisional sums and just allow 500 there, 600 there, 800 there, and so on and so forth. That's how we do it. And that's how it works normally with us. Nobody's going to be able to give you a fixed quote on something they don't know, unless they give you the maximal quote for everything, in which case you're never going to choose them as a builder. So they will have to strike a balance between all those things and make you understand what provisional sums mean to them. And then just make mm -hmm. sure you check with them every, every single week or every three weeks or at every tranche of your development finance. If you have that, you will have to check with them. Where are we guys? Are we going to jump over a lot? What do you think now? And the more they go towards the end, the more they know exactly how fixed they're going to be. Mm -hmm. So that's how we see it. I, I, I hope this helps somehow. So don't worry about yes. calculations and the steals. It says, say if the steals are going to cost us two grand, just put two and a half or three and just leave it there. Yeah. Thank you, George. Yeah. Charlotte, on doing. your on your technical drawings, mm -hmm. have they said how many steels you may need? No, I didn't see anything about that. It was nothing indicated. So I, I I just looked at them now. So I was kind of thinking it didn't say anything where he expected uh, any steels to go in, but I. Do you, do you think there's going to be any, by looking at the property, yeah. do you think there's yes. going to be something? Yes, yes. Um, um, or at least they are going through, yeah, they are going through some, uh, okay. we're doing an ex, ex, so, extension so you, too, you have to do it for the extension. Um, so when you go back to your architect to ask them about why did you put the extractor fan in that position, Yeah. go back to them and say, on these drawings, do I need to ask a builder about any steals? That you don't just pretend you know nothing, and just ask them the question and see what comes back. And then from that, if they say yes, you need. You know, oh yeah, well, there's one here. Roughly, you're going to know how much it is, and you might even then verbally just speak to a builder and go, "Listen, I'm looking at two steals with they're about 
four meters. What do you what do you think? And they might just give you a ballpark figure. Where that's probably what all you need right now. But okay. I, anyone else I, got anything anything yeah. else to add there? Or if if something if someone would do something different, this is a place. This is a place to share your ideas. Has anything got any brainwaves popping into their head right now? No, just glum faces. <laughs> Charlotte, has that been useful? Yes, but I have uh, one more because I'm. Tell you what, you're hogging the limelight, aren't you? Yeah, but, uh, about the architect. If I go, I can't go back to him, them. How many times? So I was thinking. Um, this about for for the quote. I I don't have to update like some of the things. Um, you should can, I, you, let me, should let me ask I you, collect let me ask you a question on that? Are sorry? you worried about giving them too much work and going back to them too many times? Yes. Should you I? Can ask, you can pick up the phone. Yeah. And the the extractor fan question, they might be able to answer in ten seconds, and the steel mm -hmm. question, they might be able to answer in two minutes. Okay. If they don't, and then they come back to you and say they cannot help you, they're probably not the architect for you, but ask the question. Yeah. If you avoid asking the question, you're going to get no help from them. If you ask the question, you never know where it's going to get you. Mm. Have you ever asked for any money off anything, Charlotte? No, I had a different architect before, and it was just one uh, revision. I could... Uh, read, uh, change the drawings once, and then I had to pay for. Have you, have you watched? Have you watched, so the have you watched the negotiation module on the portal? No, I think this this one is different. Uh, I think he will not. I, I should ask him about this. How he wants? How he wants us to? Because I know now th that these things will it will change. Because the builder will want to change things when they see how when this well, they will up. they will. But the yeah. the architect is a designer. The architect is yeah. going to design what you're going to do. Um, and if you go back into the comments here, um, where is he? He comes up with yeah. Marky Mark <laughs> on your name. So Mark, he's got his camera off at the minute. But Mark, it's true. Like if steels are going into an adjoining property, you need to think about a party wall um, yeah. agreement. But first thing is to establish: Do you need steels and where? But it's the architect that is going to go off that. If you then have a builder that says you don't need them, that's for them to take it up with the architect then. Mm. Yolanda, you've got your hand raised. Yeah, I just want to comment that I think she's being too polite. Um, I think you should definitely ask everything, establish as much as possible up front, um, because I've had a situation where I had to add more two more beams in my calcs and I had to send it to the planning department, I mean, to building control, sorry. And um, they were a little bit upset and wanted to charge me extra. So, um, I mean, two beams of um, out of 12, is not that bad, but I would rather get everything up front, ask everything, you shit that, because you're gonna pay for that and you need to get it right. Then I, I think you're too polite. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte, that's great advice. It's great advice. You've got to ask. I don't know how many of you have been in and practiced negotiating. It is amazing how much you can get just by asking. And in this mm -hmm. instance, if there's someone charging you a fee and you're asking a, what I would class as a very, very simple question mm -hmm. of them who are doing their job, I think you and your right to um, ask that question. But wait, go for no. Ask them so many questions that they end up just saying no, and then you can walk away and then negotiate. Anyone else got anything else to add here on this particular question? Charlotte, are you going to ask lots of questions? Yes. Are you going to ask them tomorrow? Uh, probably. Probably. That's not good enough. No, I'll ask them tomorrow. Yes. You will ask them tomorrow, and will you let us all know the answer? Yes. Do you promise? I promise I will do it. We'll be watching. Everyone, keep watching. Let's have a round of applause for everyone who's contributed there. So, Charlotte, have you got a fourth question? <laughs> I'm only serious. Um, who's there? Who's next? Who, who wants uh, to ask a question? Uh, Tim Adams and then Yolandi. Hi, everyone. Right. Hi, Tim. Back to on suites. If the en-suites are on an external wall and you have the option for a window, would you put one in? That's my question. 
put one in, do you mean an extractor fan? No, a, a window. So if you had a if you had the option of putting a window in in an en suite, would you? Okay, just to let you know, Charlotte's been quiet for two minutes, but she's back and she's coming on. <laughs> she is I'm out on fire tonight. Charlotte, go, answer this question. So I have the same thing. My architect has put in a window and first I thought that I don't need one, but now I remember I was there when it was hot. Some of the rooms were hot and if you can't open two windows, <laughs> So it's, it's uh, in the summer, it's also good for them because as they cannot open the door to the hallway, have it open to get it cooler. If they have two windows, different walls, they have to be on different walls, then they can get airflow. So they will have better in some uh, summer too. So it is extra, um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that, Charlotte. Has anyone else got an opinion? If you had an outside wall for an ensuite, would you put in a window? Dorota, yes. I think it depends on costs as well. What do you mean? Tell me more. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much it will um, it will cost to to add the, the window uh, into the the bathroom and obviously knock the bricks uh, off and. So I think it probably depends how much it will cost me. And support the wall. And support the wall. I don't know how, depending on the wall as well. Okay, Mark, Marky Mark has given us a thumbs up as well. And the view from the street. And the view from the street, <laughs> Kostin says. <laughs> That's good. Any, any, anyone else got any feedback on this particular question? Yeah, you can't put windows anywhere because you thought it's going to be helpful. But if you're overlooking people, you need planning permission, and that's another dimension um, yeah, with regard to putting windows. <clears throat> we're putting in for planning, so. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's, but it is an extra expense. The window's extra. You've then got to put a lintel on top to, for supporting it. Um, so yeah. there's, there's, there's all those things to consider. Yeah, because I'm leaning towards not putting them in to reduce the cost. Yeah. So I just wondered what everyone's opinion was. Well, so far, we've got a consensus here. Are you going to go out and when you say so you're going to, you're not going to get a bill quote yet, are you? No. Okay. But you're going to, you're going to get through planning first. Does the, is the window, which way is it facing? Is it facing rear? I'm or putting them in for planning. So I'm putting them in to get, so it's going through planning with the windows. Oh, okay. And then if we don't, you know, if we don't have to put them in, we don't, you know, saves us some money. Well, maybe put the bill, leave it in for the bill quote for the builder because they might knock off depending on how big it is, it's probably, they'll probably just put like a three slash 400 pound for the window as a cost in. But if you just give them the whole job, they'll give you a price and you say, well, can I take that window off? You might save three, 400 quid. But if you leave it as a blank and you add on a window, they might go the other way and add it on. So it might be a strategic negotiation. It's only a small one, but it's a good yeah. question. Yeah. All right. Um, got another question then. Go for it. Extract fans. I've seen somebody mentioned about 150 mil one. Uh, I think it was Zilvo. Um, what are are they? What are people putting in? Are they putting in cheap ones or more expensive ones? And do they have humidistats? Good question, Zilvo. You put that comment in the chat. Are you, are you there? Can we see you? We can't. We can't. Shocking. On a mastermind, not listening. <laughs> um, has anyone else got an opinion on this? What type of uh, extractor fan would you put in? Would you spend money on them or would you go for more cheap, cheerful ones that you can replace easy? Has anyone got an opinion on this? Oh, Zilvo, he's here. He's back. Did Yes, I'm back. <laughs> Did you hear the question, Zilvo? Uh, not really. Okay, so it's... Um, it's a mentioned... like, uh, why is the Tim? one, yes? Tim, ask yeah. it again, please. Yeah, so in the HMO I'm doing at the moment, extract fans, what would you put in? Would you put in an expensive one or a cheaper one? And what size 
would you put in? I will put in the 150 millimeter size. They're more expensive, as, uh, but they're much stronger. And when we was like, um, from my experience talking, we had a one client which was American people living in there and they was using very long and steamy showers. So basically they had a small sound of the extractor and they have always problem with that. So once we replace the bigger one, uh, the problem is gone. And you can feel that the cell when you're putting the hand close to it, like there's like a function. I mean, like a, it's working. So maybe the smaller ones, uh, expensive ones, also better ones, but I was on, only in a practice like uh, with, uh, with the cheaper ones. So cheaper ones is like, they just make noise in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. There's also a difference between extractor fans. Some work when you switch the light on and they go out when you switch the light off and some have a moisture sensor in them and they stay on until all the moisture is taken out of the room. Yeah, that's so you the can get different. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can get different types as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's a choice. Yeah, simple ones with a timer and with the, with the sensors. Yeah, that was part of my question. Did people put ones with the humidistat in so it stays on until the moisture's disappeared? Silvo, are you looking to are you looking to help Tim out here? I'm not sure you asked me. Sorry. Are you, are you are you happy to are you happy to help here on this one? Yeah, I can help it. Yes. So what if, if you if you if you Google the ones that you recommend, can you send it to Tim? Yes, I will do that. Just do that. Tim. I'll send a few, a few options for him so he can like uh, choose it on the budget and all uh, of of the taste. Tell you what, Zilva, if you do that, then Tim, what you're going to do, you're going to create a little document and put um, the best um, extractor fans on a document, stick it in the files and <laughs> label it best extractor fans for HMOs. How's that? Yeah. And so everyone's going to benefit. Yes. Get in there. Is that a good idea, everyone? <laughs> is, that, um, is that answered your question, Tim? Yes, thanks. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll go straight over to Yolandi and then, oh, sorry, Michael, you've got your hand raised. Is, that, is this for this question? Yes, okay, we'll go to Michael, then we'll come to Yolandi for your question. I used to renovate my bathroom in Portugal. Um, this is it looked great, by the way. Thank you. And I always use PAX, the Swedish fan, and it's like um, the issue with in Portugal, it's the same here. Uh, bad ventilation, this, this fan that runs very slowly, all year round, but as soon as you go in and they're feeling somebody go, yeah, going to the bathroom, it starts faster. And even it's a, uh, also a sensor for how much humidity it is. And you can run it on an app and I translate it and I pay like uh, 73 pounds for it. And it's a super nice quality. PAX, it's the brand. And it's, it's just not, for example, in Portugal, where we are also struggling with all these humidities, it's always nice that the fan runs all the time. I think it's like, it's like 25 watts in an hour, so not so much cost for it. Okay. But it's, you installation once and you forgot it. Equally, can you, send, can you send a link to that one and send it to Tim, please, and Tim will do his magic with it? I think Fantastic. And Lubo's just put one in the um, in the chat already. Fantastic, Yolande, let's go. Um, I I just want to quickly ask, uh, what's the best carpets people have put in the HMOs? What works well? Um, the general advice is to get a thick underlay, about um, a centimeter thick, and then a thinner carpet, which is bleachable and polyester. Um, yeah, but I mean, what 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 style and type of people been putting in that really works? That doesn't look too industrial. Um, Great question. Just what's, all, what's always worked in people who's done loads of HMOs? <laughs> so just to, I was going to clarify that in your HMO, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who's uh, who's been putting some carpets in HMOs, and what have you been putting? Does anybody know you if you put them in? It's something that I actually pay no attention to in mine. <laughs> but it's a great question. Does anybody know? Has anyone got any uh, any brands? We must have someone in here. Is everyone the same as me? 
Tara, have you got, do you know what uh, carpet you put in? Evening. Oh, do you know what? I don't. Um, we put we put a fairly heavy duty thick sort of usually like a dark grey carpet. Don't put it too light. We do put an underlay in, but we just put a medium underlay. We don't spend too much on carpets, um, but we do. They've got a they've got a last. So you want something that is very heavy wear or as heavy wearing, but is also nice. It feels like a carpet as well. And one of the houses we had in Portsmouth, the builder didn't put any underlay on. She stuck the carpet literally to the floor. And it was, it's like walking on wood. It's horrible. <laughs> um, you definitely need underlay in terms of just, yeah, in terms of price, I not go overboard on it, but just get a, a half decent carpet that's not going to stain. Yeah, and um, it, it's going to have the wear and tear. The tenants don't. <laughs> They don't actually pay massive amounts, you know, of uh, attention to the carpet. They'll look around and look at the the size of the place, and um, so just make sure it is heavy wearing. I wouldn't, I don't, I really don't pay much attention to it. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. I've just noticed, um, James Deer, where are you? He, he's typing in the chat. Are you there or? Yeah, I'm here. back, I would say, with a carpet. Say that again. You broke Sorry. you, James. You broke up there. Can you just say, say that again, please? One sec. Nice haircut, by the way. Nice what? <laughs> nice haircut. I feel, mate. Um, backed carpet. So the carpet, uh, it's like a behind the carpet, the underneath part. If it's Hassian backed, I'm not sure I spell it, but if you Google it, Hassian backed means it don't rip as easy. So that's a that's a key one. Because sometimes the carpets aren't Hessian backed and then they, they rip a lot easier. Great question. Is someone able to Google Hessian backed carpet? Amazing. Thank it's like, you. It's like, it's like that material of like rough, like rough as something. Like, it's like jute, like on the back of those jute bags, yeah. woven brown stuff. Yeah, very crafty, isn't it? It's very, very in at the moment for craft design things. Yeah, you won't want to rub your face on it. That's probably a good way of saying it. <laughs> Might exfoliate me better. Well, James, that's a great answer. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Tara. Yolanda, has that been useful? Yeah, I know now what you do with your carpets. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, if, if it's bleachable, it's going to be hard wearing. <laughs> well, thank you. Round of applause to everyone there, please. Well, Shane, I've just said hot off the press. If I may, I've just said, um, Adam just said he puts 10 millimetre underlay and medium quality rental carpet. There you go. What does he know? <laughs> Those of you who don't know, um, Adam, he's, he's part of the tribe and he does, how many projects has he done for people does, in the tribe? He does, gosh. For those of you who are new, new to this, um, he does quite a lot. So that's probably... Yeah, he does a lot and he's our business partner. So he's, he's doing, we've got one, two... We've got about four on the go at the moment with him. But yeah, he, he does the... We do the spec in terms of the look and feel and he just provides it all. So yeah. <laughs> a millimetre underlay and medium rental carpet. So. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. Thank you very much for jumping in there. Who's up next? Who wants to go? Someone wave. Someone wave. Nobody waves. Nobody waves. Nobody waves. George! If nobody has one, I will ask one. So yes. how are people finding deals these days? That's a great question. It's a great question. Amy, did I see something about this with you? Well, on the 14th, George, me and Tash were speaking with Shane and we're thinking, I'm just let me check I've got the date right for everybody as well. On the 14th at 8 p.m., we're looking at doing a deal finding strategy sharing session. You cannot say that quickly. Um, so if anybody, <laughs> if anyone would like to join, because we're struggling at the moment to find creative ways and real clear strategies in terms of finding the deals in the areas that we're looking at. So I think it'd be good if we could get everybody's heads together, share some ideas, and we'll create a resource that everybody can have and put it onto the files. Oh, wicked. You know, that's, that's great. Thank you. That's going to be awesome. But um, um, I mean, I'm trying to hold the creative solutions, but I just want to gather what works for the whole panel at this time and place mm -hmm. where prices are going crazy and properties are getting snatched for 10 to 20% over the asking price in my area anyway. So that's, that's, the, that's the main question here. 
I mean, I know all the kind of all the strategies, but I just want to know what works now. You know, I'm, I'm like Mark Harvey. So Mark, what does it work now? I know he has a program, which is called What Works in Property Now. But I just want to know what works in deal finding now, other than going direct to vendor to letters and things like that. Because going to the agents, it's uh, not necessarily the best way, is it? Okay. Or it could be. Is anyone, is anyone here right now, have you got something, uh, Yolanda and Tara? Okay, so I've got two quick ideas. The one is if you look on the London Gazette, look at people who um, passed away and from their probate date, um, you can probably contact those properties and see if you can get probate properties. Um, so it's a bit, it's a bit, um, it's a bit unethical to maybe send a letter to the solicitors or executors. I mean, that's, that's how you feel about those kind of things. It's up to you. Otherwise you could send it to the property um, but that's that's an easy one, I think. But I mean, it only you know a very little percentage of luck. But I've known people who's done it, and it really works. Because um, often there's a quick sell. I mean, oh, shh, sorry. Um, and then the second thing is should work for George. Um, I am looking at a property at the moment. Um, I ran the uh, a few weeks ago. I ran across the property. I look at what does people got uh, people's gardens look like. Um, does it look old? Does the property look lonely? And I saw a dark property with a fence that fell over and did the classic thing of looking on land registry um, and contacted the owner and it was two owners further and it was someone who passed away and um, the dad was actually saying, uh, yeah, I actually would like to sell the property. It was his daughter's property and she passed away many years ago and he had the classic problem of didn't want to pay the bills anymore, council tax. And so I am busy negotiating to do an assisted sale um, with him. So um, on your on your cycling trips, you know, uh, just look, look, look at your area, you know, look at old properties that looks lonely, alone, dark. So that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank Fantastic. you. That sounds good. Yeah. Unfortunately, Fantastic. I live in a very posh area, so there's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to change my running. Cycle further. <laughs> Great advice. Tara, let's bring you in. What's working for us at the moment, and it's it's just consistency. It's just keep doing what you're doing, and stuff does turn up. So we are, a few things we're doing at the moment, we're just being really quick. You're seeing stuff on right move. You've got, if it comes up that day, you've got to go and see it. There's no, there's no waiting around. Um, a lot of credit to this uh, goes to um, goes to Gareth, my business partner. He's just been as soon as something comes up, he's seeing it. And yes, it might go over and above. But we've just been we've got a brilliant relationship with a lot of the agents. We're very we're known to be good for our money. And we didn't get anything for months and months and months. And then on Monday, we had two big commercial deals that had fallen through with other people that we were like number two on of just been given to us because we were second in the queue for it so one's going to be like a, you know it's, it's just a it's just consistency so we had nothing for ages we have a you know they're like buses aren't they, they all turn up but just keep doing what you're doing and just just keep getting out there um we're also looking um we've had a lot of um auction sites again we haven't been successful on an auction yet but and we know our limit but a lot of people have been quite successful um and commercial agents and they're a different breed they seem to be really professional compared to the residential side just very um very on it and they will often come to us now with some ideas and sites and what people are doing so it's not it's not rocket science but it is consistency and just not getting a bit like you know we we lost oh gosh i, I two had 10 deals that just we lost to other people but two of those 10 have come back to us so follow up with <laughs> my that's that's really really good that's really really good and just a bit of just to jump on there about with everyone there the, the big thing there that Tara was talking about was consistency because a lot of people they might go if they, they we want instant we want instant results you might think ring 10 people on a monday morning and go right why haven't i got a deal by monday afternoon people get disheartened but you know what it's ringing a monday morning this week and then monday morning next week and then monday morning the week after and then monday morning the week after as soon as you then you've like you just basically attack them they know who you are your outcome from that is they the agents or whoever you're talking to they want to know shane duff wants property and he's ready to buy property. That's that's your main outcome from the first month. Then you might be able to ring them every 10 days. Then you might be able to get away with it being every two weeks, but you've got to be consistent. 
and then you can, your conversations can then be 20 seconds long. It could be, oh yeah, Mrs. Agent, Mr. Agent, um, have you got a property for me yet? No. Are you ever going to actually say yes to that question? Right, I'll ring you next week. And it can be as quickly as 10, 15 seconds, but it takes time to get there. But you know what? Most people don't get there because they then just start complaining that they, they haven't, they haven't, oh, just, we know, there's no deals around, there's nothing there. And do you know what? Agents, properties go on the market. I want all of you, all of you, are you willing to do this for me? Say yes, just say yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm looking at everyone there, checking JP there, see if he'd mind. Yes, he was. Just put your head now as if you are an agent and you work in the office and someone's bringing you a property and you're the person that's got to create the details. You've got to make it look nice. You've got to write a description. You've got to put the photos in the right place. If you're that person, would you prefer to create that and put it on right move? Or would you prefer to go, I can't be bothered to do that. I'm going to ring JP because he's been badgering me. I'm going to see if he wants it first because he might say yes. JP, I've got to do 20 minutes work here and I don't want to. Do you want to see this house before? All right, cool. Do you think that would happen? Do you think it happens a lot? So you've got to be that person that they go, oh, Shane might want it. Dorota might want it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's how do you, how do you get there? But has anyone else got any other creative strategies uh, that someone, Ketan, have you put your finger up? No. Has anyone else got anything? Yes. Uh, Fiona, go for it. Um, it's not something that I've personally done, but um, there's a guy in Birmingham who's part of Simon Zucci's uh, network, and he's a big lettings agent as well in Birmingham. And he did a session on deal finding, and he they used to target businesses that were for sale that had some assets, so either land, and that what they try and do is they obviously wanted the property bit, but they would sell off, hive off the, the business somehow, or sell that. And yeah. take the property out of the deal so that might be worth looking at through i don't know who dalton's weekly just to start with something like that okay no really really useful diana hi evening try um yes another tip that i could also add is there is an application online that is called buba and it is a job actually so you get paid to go and see properties and do like kind of a small, a small report but it allows you to get, um, you know, to build a connection with the state agency. So basically, if, for example, viewer works in London and I'm registered in London with them. So I receive different viewer jobs uh, in different auction property or rent to rent deal and things like that, where I can book and accept the viewing. And I receive a form, what I need to complete, and while I go to, to the property, you know, do my job, I got, I get paid, and I got a commission. Uh, sorry, I get paid, and apart from that, I get a relationship with the, you know, with the state agent. So that is maybe a tip that could work for for some of you. Yeah. Thank you. A couple of people have put in there, um, Diana. If you could just share, we be able to share the link into the chat for that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Anyone else got any bright ideas? How are you finding deals, Seb? From the rainforest. Where's he Sorry, gone? Yes. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm on my screen. Hang on one second. I am coming back. Hang on. Where are we? Apologies. Uh, um, so I'm repeating, maybe just going over a couple of points here, but I think the, the point you made, Shane, as well, in terms of um, um, what an, an agent would say uh, in terms of getting a property or what have you, really, they, every agent and anyone in sales would always, and from my background into my industry the view is the path of least resistance so if there's an option to to make the call to the network or whatever they're going to do that absolutely you know before before they you know, anything that involves a process or uh, is uh, you know hard work so absolutely agree with that and i think one of the things i used to find with my team is was if they'd had a really good run um in sales, in deals, or what have you. It doesn't matter if it's property or recruitment, what I do, same sort of thing, where they have a really good run, they stick to that. And all of a sudden, it falls off a cliff. And then you ask them, you say, well, what's changed? What's happened? And they say, well, you know, we were doing so well, and all this kind of stuff happened. And you realize you just take everything apart, and you realize that they've been going down the same process 
so they've broken their sort of their view of um, maybe covering as many, like Charles was saying, cover as many bases as you can, but making sure you're covering all the areas, all the different processes, all the different things from adverts to agency relationships, all these kind of things. But what, what happens to some people sometimes is that because you've had success, you're just focusing back on that one thing or, you know, and you've forgotten these other things and you sometimes have to just stop and think, let's go back over that and uh, make sure I'm covering as many bases as I can to keep the consistency to, you know, as, as Tara said, you know, something has come back, come, come back around because the, the likelihood is that there is no unbelievable secret. It's just obviously covering as many things as you can. That's uh, useful. Good advice there. Thank you. Anyone else got anything to share on some deal finding? JP, yes. Yes, good evening, everybody. Um, Very very quick one from me then. So I've been looking this last couple of months at commercial property and um, I just can't get over how cheap it is per square foot compared to resi property. And, and, And I'm much like everybody else. I don't know if you do, but I certainly did think that commercial meant big, scary commercial buildings, offices and factories and all of that stuff, when it actually might just be a Victorian house with a business currently in it that's ripe for conversion to HMO or, you know, C1 used class for use as SA or whatever. But don't rule out commercial, even though you might just be thinking, I want a house to convert to a simple HMO because um, you know, I'm finding all sorts of stuff and it's half the price. And yeah, not everything works, but don't rule it out is my point. And stamp duty is really good on commercial, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's some big old benefits. Fantastic. I um, think everyone should look at commercial from day one, even though you think you progress to it. I think it's, it's a day one thing. I completely agree with that. Um, any more for any more? Any more, any more creative ways of finding deals? No, 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 no. Okay, and Amy, what day did you say that thing was? So those those of you, would you be interested in gathering? Some, some of you may be willing to contribute towards that session. So Amy, you're hosting it. And what, are you willing to bring this information together? We can't hear you. So uh, the 14th of June, 8 o'clock, um, and we'll send some stuff out via the group this week with more information. Me and Tash will be hosting it, um, and we'll reach out to people who look like they're getting lots of deals at the moment and obviously their strategy seem to be successful. Amazing. That sounds that sounds really good. Let's have a massive round of applause for that contribution to the drive. Well done. Um, George, has that had any benefit to you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your question, you. sir. Big round of applause for you as well. Um, what have we got there? We've got 8.47. We've got, we've got time for a couple more questions. Who wants to go? Diana. Uh, thanks, Shane. Maybe somebody already asked. I joined a little bit late today. Um, but I would like to ask uh, you guys, how are you managing the increase of rental of energy um, in your property? Mainly this is um, to rent-to-rent deals. Um, are you doing an increase per room? Or maybe I would be interested to know if you are doing anything called like collective rent in your property and how does it work for, for you? So I just missed the very first part of the question. Is it is your question, how are you managing the increase in energy bills within your HMOs? Okay. Yes, that. is everyone covering, I mean, are you covering uh, that payment or you have already increased the rent to your tenants or what are you doing for, for I mean, yes, to, to okay. this. Um, well, that's, um, well, great, great question. Great question and very, very topical for, HMOs at the moment. Is anyone here at the moment? Have they have they implemented any strategies already so far in the way of counteracting this? Seb, thank you. Sorry. Um, I mean, at the moment, what we're doing is we're just um, looking at um, increasing the rents based on um, any. My one in his bond in particular is, is coming off from the the six month rents and they're going on to rolling monthly contracts. So as they do, we're we're increasing um, the the rents there. There has been a suggestion in terms of uh, bringing in a, a fair usage um, aspect or deal. Don't quite know how that potentially will work in terms of um, what what's what. Obviously, as the the, the weather's got 
better. Um, the, the gas usage has, has decreased, but the electricity is, is still high. Um, so we obviously we need to manage that. Uh, there is a view of, um, uh, of of putting in some um, some other stats um, uh, or what have you to to, to manage um, uh, the heating. Obviously, when 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 things change. Um, and we had been speaking to a broker about whether we change because obviously the, the, the next hike that's due, I think, in October is likely to go above um, the limit for consumer rates. So whether we look at doing a deal now in terms of going on a commercial fixed rate, which will still go up but it won't go up as much as I think it's predicted 40% or something like that. So it's a case of just um, man managing it as we go at the moment. Yeah, useful, useful. Um, Dan Clark, got your hand up there. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of the stuff uh, Seb's actually said, um, but the main thing what we're doing is, is rent increases when contracts are coming up for renewal. Um, and the mainly talk to the tenants and explain the situation they, they know what's going on they're probably expecting it uh, rather than just whack a new contract in front of their face then you just educate them basically tell them how you can don't leave it you know how to believe it or not live a bit more energy efficient because they don't it's not at the forefront and they're not bothered you know obviously so that's mainly what we've been doing um, and yeah they are responding to it and they are expecting the rise a slight rise. If you've got a big HMO, say eight bed rent to rent to six bed rent to rent, you don't have to put the bills up a lot to to really sort of get into the increase. So that's what we've been doing at the minute. And like Seb said, get smart thermostats. They will save you an absolute fortune. So that is uh, that's that's what we've been doing at the minute, and so far so good. Um, I'll let you know how it goes in October, basically. <laughs> oh, fantastic fantastic um, anyone else got anything useful to add for that question um, also Diana um, I, thought, I, think, I, think, I think I saw a comment if you go onto the previous mastermind recordings on the portal those of you if you go onto the previous mastermind recordings there'll be a list of questions because as we as you ask me a question we write them down okay so if you're going on, you can just click on it, go underneath it, look at the list of questions. And if it's the last question, you know, you can probably fast forward to maybe the last 10 minutes or something like that. So you can always go back through because there's hours and hours and hours of good content. Um, one thing that I saw that was very, very useful, which kind of just um, emphasizes what Seb and Dan have said to do with this. You can, rather than just putting the rents up, I heard one, one person say, well, he was going to go to his tenants and say, right, we're not going to do a rent of you now, but you have three months to reduce your energy consumption by 20%. If you are not going to reduce your energy consumption by 20%, you will all have a rent of you in three months' time and your pricing will go up. But also, here is a list of 25 ways of how you can reduce your energy consumption. So he's trying to get the buy-in of the tenants and go, and they're not just going there you go, you're paying an extra 25 quid a month or whatever. It's actually going, the onus is on you. I won't pass, the, pass it on to you. But if you save, your rent will stay the same. If you have showers that are half an hour long and leave, turn the heating on and leave the windows open, you'll get hurt by that because I'm just going to put the rent up. So it's, um, it's like a work with scenario rather than just the naughty landlord or the aggressive landlord. Has anyone else got anything useful to add on that? No, great question, Dan. Very topical. Um, thank you, Seb, and thank you, Dan, for that round of applause. And we we've got the time for at least one more question. Um, just just a quick one while I'm here. Yeah, he was on about uh, finding deals earlier. Yeah, and I'm just out on a on a walk like with the with the missus and. Hang I'm on a minute, hang on a minute. This. You're out I'm on a walk gonna... with the missus and you're tuning into a mastermind conversation. Yeah, you know. Great. Right, we've got a multitask. I've just come across this beaut look, the typical signs, overgrown garden. Doesn't look like the bins are just sitting there. It's furniture out the front. So yeah, again, just use your eyes when you're driving, when you're walking about. Look at that, absolutely 
Well, it doesn't look cared for, does it? I don't know what the deal is with it, but obviously so that'll be getting, your, uh, your advice, Dan? Whoa. That'll be a land red, yeah. Yeah, that'll be getting a land registry search and some letters sent off in the morning, that will. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, there you go. Do you know what? I'm just imagining that turned into a deal. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> be fantastic. Party round there. Thank you for that, Dan. Dawn, let's go. Hiya. Um, hi, everyone. It's not a question. It's a. It's backing up on my live and a post that Dom put out. He wants to put together an evening Zoom as well. It's to do with rent to rent and how you actually sell the benefits of rent to rent to letting agents. Now, we know that there's a number of people who are awesome with rent to rent. They've got all the little quirks and ways of doing things and he's just looking for people to get in touch with either him or me and let us know who you would like to lead that panel of experts if you like who would come on and lead a zoom for us just to let people know because we're looking at with it being difficult to find deals we're looking at changing strategy we're looking at rent to rent but we've not done it before so we're looking for people to lead an evening zoom and we're looking for your ideas as to who you'd like to see leading that. Who do you want to give you information on that that particular strategy? Okay. Just thought yeah. I'd throw that out there. No, it's, it's really, really good collaboration. And I, and I personally think these types of things, so let's just say we've got people who are a bit more expert in certain little areas. It might be commercial property. It might be service accommodation. It might be rent to rent. And they quite often, they become the people where lots of people ask them questions like, over over time and sometimes if we can encourage those people to maybe just to get on a screen for maybe an hour and you get loads of people to come to that lots of questions can you get the, the greatest amount of impact out there for others so if you've got any knowledge on rent to rent um, and you want to potentially share it with um, Dawn who, who else is it Dawn yourself Dom and Kate Dom yeah me and Dom just just send oh, us a message with people who can help It'd be fantastic. Would that be a useful thing for, for people to tune into? It would, it would. And like you say, it's because, I don't know, I'm just looking, I'm looking at Tara now for instance, if I had a question of Tara to do with something, it'd be great, I could ask her a question and you're almost thinking, oh, I, hope, I hope she sees it, I hope she can maybe get back to me, but she's been able to positive, positively impact me. But if, if I can collect loads of questions and, and say, Tara, do you mind jumping on a call and I'll fire you 15 questions at you, do you mind just being there to answer that? That's what puts Tara on a stage. It looks really, really good for Tara. And she has a massive amount of positive impact on anyone else. But no, I think, I, think, I think that's a great idea. Um, anyone else? Does anyone anyone here do? Um, Damien, yes. Sorry, mate. Mine was a question. I thought that was done. Okay, I, I, will, come to, I, will, I will come to you as a final question. But is anyone, is anyone doing rent to rent? Have they got some useful tips and put you in touch with Dawn right now? On here, Diana. There you go, Dawn. Make, make contact with Diana. Okay, James, you just put your camera on. Were you, you, were you on as well? No, just observing. No, okay, mate. Uh, Damien, let's go to you then. Final question. Yeah, so I was just wondering as a newbie, where's the best, what are the best, best methods and best places to find build teams, especially if you're working outside your area? Oh, brilliant. What a, what a great question. So you remember all those people here, you've been there, you've got a project, either in your area and you've not got a builder, how do you find them? Or if they're out of area, what do you do? So you're just looking for a bit of a steer on, let's go. Who, who, who wants to start? Who wants to share? Dara, yes. Oh, build teams, they can make or break your projects. Really so important. So um, I, again, I first had looked down south and we found a few build teams. We were looking at people's, we were, um, looked at projects and saw um, builders' bands outside. We went and had a look in the project. We were nosy, saw if it was a neat site. We asked around, we asked other fellow, um, we asked the tribe, depends on where you're, uh, there's probably loads of people that can help in here. And we're currently working in three different areas with three different teams. And we didn't know anyone <laughs> to start all this, but we have also had our fair share of um, problems <laughs> with, with builders uh, in the past, because uh, it's such an unregulated. But I would say, ask the tribe, 
Secondly, go and have a look around your area and there's developments going on. Go and sit your nose in, go and ask the questions, go and, go and ask the build team there. Um, get endorsements from other people if they've if they've um, been used, these build teams have been used before. Look at trucks that go past, build vans that are half decent um, and just phone, just phone and do your homework on it. And it's, uh, you'll get there, you'll get, you'll get the vibe. <laughs> uh, and then you'll often get recommendations as well. So that's what I would say. So recommendations, go and do your homework, go and walk the streets, find the different um, build teams because there's a lot of building going on at the moment. It really is great, uh, great advice. Is anyone else going to ask Tim and then Amy? So, yeah, you can try the Facebook groups recommendations for those areas. Also, go to networking events in the uh, gold mine area that you're working in, wanting to buy in. You know, go to the PIN or the PPN or you know, and the other networking events. To speak to local investors in that area, get recommendations from them. Useful, really useful. Amy? Um, our architect has been really, really helpful um, and provided lots of build teams that they work with. Um, so if you can find a, an architect that specialises in HMOs, that's your strategy, they will have their own build teams or they will know of build teams that you can reach out to. Um, and they, the one that we're working with gives quite an honest opinion. No, that's good. That's really useful. George? Uh, I would say always do your due diligence on all the recommendations and, and go and book some meetings with them and go and see their work. Do not trust anyone. Uh, if you don't feel right about them, they're not right. <laughs> so uh, don't, don't trust anyone until you see their work, until you speak with them a few times. But the other place to find builders, well, I think one of the best ones, I haven't tried it yet because I'm very lucky with the build teams I'm using in Cardiff, but who's checking on their work? Building regs. So if you can't find a good builder in a certain area, go and call building regs. Say, guys, I'm looking to bring some work to renovate some properties in your town. I want you to check on the work on those builders I'm going to be using. So could you please recommend me a few that have no issues when you go and check on your properties? Please just give me one name or two, one or two names. You're really, really happy to go and check on their properties. You have a good relationship with them because I can translate that to the relationships that the build teams we use in Cardiff have with building regs. And it's always a very smooth and easy process because they know each other's, they know the quality and you know that's how they recommend you. So I think building regs people are going to be the ones who recommend you also some really good builders if you're struggling. Really, 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 really sound advice there. James Stead, you put your hand up. Yeah, all it was is just somebody mentioned, I just want to caution, uh, somebody mentioned about asking other investors at your local pin. I would be very cautious of that because if I've just found if it's in your area and you're asking somebody else, they will hold on to their builders just really tight and they won't want to give a good builder away. Because they'll be aware of the, the fact that it, it depends. Maybe that's my my scarcity mindset. But just, I think all the other advice, and even that's great advice as long as you do your due diligence. But just keep an eye open. If somebody's recommending you a builder and they're an investor, like how often are they using them? I think Katie mentioned they've had so many recommendations where it doesn't come to anything. It's so true. Um, so just, just a word of caution, like what's the motive for an investor making their life more difficult by spreading the person that's probably already spread too thin. Well, I'm so pleased that he corrected him. Well, yeah, he caught himself there also by going, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, is that me being scarcity mindset? Or is that what I'd have done in the past? I can't see someone helping. People are willing to help as well, but it's uh, but it, the responsibility boils down to you. But if you ask a million questions at the start from the right people, it will set you on a path for you to do your due diligence. Like someone might say, Oh, go and work with George. Go and work with George as a JV partner. I'm not just going to go and go, right, okay, George, someone's told me you're a good bloke. I'm going to be your business partner. I'm going to go and find people who have been in business with him. I'm going to go and find, ask George, okay, why, why wouldn't I work with you? What are your strong points? What are your weaknesses? Show me some stuff that you've done before. Who have you worked with before? I want to speak to them. So it's a similar kind of thing. But the first, your list of questions at the start gets you a, that you've come up this evening that's going to give you your first step and then it's up to you 
But just by walking the streets, walking in, and just, just see a building site or even a house renovation, you kind of walk in, have a look. And if it's an absolute pigsty and there's Coke cans everywhere and it looks like there's a whole skip worth of rubbish in the house, maybe just take a note of them and think, I probably won't use them. <laughs> but yeah, Facebook groups and you never know. Honestly, the, the best thing you can do in property is talk to people. Talk to, go to a room. The best thing about going to a networking event is you go to one place and you can speak to 30 people. But I'll tell you what a lot of people do. They go to a networking um, place and they don't speak to anyone. But you, so it's just getting out there, getting out there, getting out there, getting out there, and just pretend to be the bashful fool. You don't have to know anything. Even if you're asking questions that you know the answer to, just ask them as if you don't, because you're, you're drawing information off others and you're making other people feel good. And it'll, you'll, what, what, can, I, can I ask, what's your, if you've got like an industry that you work in or? Me, uh, yes, I was in aggregates, mate. I've recently closed the business. So aggregates, so I do know builders, however, in the Wirral. My business was in the Wirral. I'm in Manchester. Okay. Well, yeah, well, get, get around, um, get around, speak to people locally, Facebook, Instagram, just find out who's doing what. Oh, can I come and see your projects? Oh, yeah, I see you're using them, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to a networking event this Friday, so that'll be the first question I start asking. All right, brilliant. Thanks a okay. lot, guys. Cool. Was that been useful? Has that been useful? That's been very useful. Cheers, mate. Brilliant. Cheers. Fantastic. Thank you all for your contributions. I'm getting shot. Mark Harvey is waiting for his um, Zoom account. It should have been busy six minutes ago. So I'm going to fly off straight away. Get yourself out there. Keep being present. Tell everyone what you're doing. Share your learnings. We've learned a lot about extractor fans. I look forward to your file, Tim. Okay. And Charlotta, I look forward to the answers to your questions tomorrow. Thank you all. <laughs> Ciao. Yeah. <laughs>